one of the guys on the LT that I've known for, I think, three years now. We are really blessed around here to have a, real, a lot of really anointed preachers. And Paul's one of them. I, I love this man. He's filled with the word. He has a revelation of God's heart for us tonight that he's going to share. And his awesome wife, Adriana, is up here as well. Who They both serve, lead worship, lead prayer. And so let's open our hearts to receive. Father, I thank you for Paul. I thank you that he's your son, first and foremost. Above anything he'll ever do, God, you're delighted in him because of who he is, that you've created him, that you've formed him, you know him. And God, I ask tonight that he would be your vessel to which you minister to our hearts. I ask for an unction to speak forth your word, and I ask for an anointing for us to receive it, that we might fall more in love with you, God, through Paul. And we just bless him and Adriana and their marriage and their ministry here. We thank you for their servanthood. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, man. Amen. Yeah, I was at the King's Banquet. It truly did change my life, so it was an honor to be there, like Clint said. What happened? Yeah, at my table, uh, my wife and I, we got to lead three people to the Lord and baptize them in the Holy Ghost, so that was wonderful. It was really, honestly, my first um, my first time I've ever got to do that. So it was, it was an honor. I got to wash... Uh, I got to wash a young girl's feet, and um, yeah, it was just truly remarkable just to see the love of God really just explode and take over a situation, and amen. So, two weeks ago, yeah, thanks, Paul. Speaking of Paul, two weeks ago, we got to hear him speak on a wonderful uh, message from Matthew 16 about um, just hearing and um, having the mind of God versus the mind of man. So tonight I wanted to um, just go deeper into a little bit of that. And actually, it was just through the grace of the Holy Spirit that, these, uh, that his message, that he set up my message. Um, about three weeks ago, I was just hanging out with Jesus Saturday morning. And um, I was just in my quiet time. It was a pretty just uneventful experience. Um, until, I started, until I got to uh, a situation where it talked about the Holy Spirit revealing the divine romance of Christianity. And we'll go into more about what that means throughout the throughout the message here. Um, but the Holy Spirit just started downloading, like, really quickly, the importance of having the emotions of God. And um, it's through the Holy Spirit that we get those emotions, and ultimately the mind of God as well. So when Paul um, basically just escorted in that message on the mind of God and what how important it is to have that versus the mind of man... It, um, it just confirmed that that really is what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in this group, is give us the mind of God and give us the wisdom and revelation of God the Father so we can um, walk out what that looks like and ultimately become more like Him. And so um, just to kind of just pose the question, you don't have to answer this, but I mean, how many of you guys know that it's possible to actually have the mind of God? That that is an actual reality and it's something that Jesus and God the Father and the Holy Spirit are committed to uh, equipping us with. And so for some of us that may be a really new concept that the Holy Spirit can actually impart to us the reality and the um, literal mind of God. And so the scripture says it, it's clear that First John 3, 2, that when we see him, we shall be like him. And it's that simple that the Holy Spirit is committed to make, give, making us an equally yoked bride with Jesus Christ. Um, so, amen. 
So Jesus, as we just come before you tonight, we just ask you, as Clint, you know, prayed in the meeting, God, that you just give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, so that we would know the hope of our calling, and we would just have grace to uh, to walk out a life of obedience to you, and um, just run the race with obedience, God, so that we could be seated with you, with Christ in heavenly places. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So just uh, to start out, the message tonight is just called The Baptism of the Holy Spirit, The Emotions of God. So we're just going to go through the scriptures tonight and look at what that looks like and then just go into ministry and um, just ask the Holy Spirit to just baptize us tonight. And it was all throughout the, the prayer time. It was all throughout the ministry and the worship tonight that the Holy Spirit is going to baptize us tonight and fill us with his power and the revelation of Jesus Christ. So come on. So 1 Corinthians 2.10, it says that for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now that's a really intense scripture. So basically what Paul is telling the, the church of Corinth right there is that nobody understands your mind except your spirit and nobody understands the mind of God except his spirit who praise be to God the father is God so we are equipped and Jesus gives us the access to this great privilege of getting dwelled with the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit is God he knows God and as God the Holy Spirit has a will and a desire first Corinthians twelve eleven says that this Holy Spirit gives gifts to those he wills so in that scripture, we learn that the Holy Spirit as a man has a will. So it doesn't need to be more complicated than that, that he is a spirit, he is a God, he is God, and he has a desire. So the Holy Spirit desires to give us gifts. He desires to reveal Jesus to us. And it doesn't necessarily need to be really mystified. The, I mean, the, the word spirit is just the word panuma from Greek. It can also mean wind. It can mean spirit. In m- most of the context, you know, we treat it as spirit because he is a being. And, he, you know, he's not some erroneous thing that just blows as the trees desire. So um, we read in Psalm 145, 3, that great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. It says in um, Proverbs 25, 2, that it is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. So right now we're just laying a foundation for the reality that God wants us to search him out. And then it says in Psalm 27, verse 8, You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, O Lord, your face I do seek. So here it is. The the scriptures are just laying out a foundation of the vitality of searching out the reality that God wants to be known. And in his grace, Jesus said to us, It is to your advantage that I leave so that I send to you the helper. And one of the primary ministries of this helper is to give to us the emotions in the mind of God, which Paul talked about two weeks ago. So as God is unsearchable, we will never grow weary or burn out in our pursuit to know him. Isn't it glorious to know that billions and billions of years ago, you will not get bored with searching out the Trinity. It will not happen, I promise you. And I'll be honest, I'm a very easily bored person. I need to be challenged. I'm competitive. I love to seek information I love to study things. And so it's amazing for someone like me to think that Jesus will not bore me because I can easily get bored. Video games are the most boring thing in the world to me. I sit in front of a TV and press buttons and make this 
stupid robot move around all day. If you like video games, forgive me. I just think they're extremely boring. So for me to get bored, it's not that difficult. But Jesus has never bored me to date, and he never will. I guarantee you that won't happen. So God longs to be known and reveal himself to us, and he has given to us his spirit, the Holy Spirit, as a guarantee and a declaration of this longing. It says that in um, Ephesians Ephesians chapter 1, that the Holy Spirit is a down payment of the guarantee of things to come. So God the Father has given to us His Holy Spirit as a promise and a map into His heart. And without the revelation of how much God loves us, our desire to live in obedience will unfortunately be duty-based. So one of the primary reasons we need to get the emotions of God is because if we don't understand, first and foremost, the emotions God has for us, the Christian life will, will just burn us out and the duty that it requires will just destroy us and we'll give up. So in His mercy and His grace, Jesus gave us His Holy Spirit. And He says, this man will give you grace to walk out what I've called you to walk out, the first commandment, to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we need to get that straight, that we are loved because He first loves us. And without the spirit of wisdom and revelation, we'll get burned out way too fast. So, Jesus longs to give us that, and we see this reality played out in Luke 15 in the parable of the prodigal son. We see it in the prodigal and we see it in the elderly son, those two dichotomies. That the burnout of, of obedience-based ministry is, is real, and the burnout of just boredom with this world is also real. So the Holy Spirit is the great, you know, is the great bridge between you know, the emotions of God and our depravity. So that's why we need the emotions of God through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Am I, is, there any, is there any questions? Throw them out. If, if you have any questions, just please ask them now. Any questions as we're just unpacking this? I'll take silence as a no. Amen. So that's just kind of the introduction. So here we go. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, receiving God's emotions. If we are to be in a love relationship with God, again, we must have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to bring us into the heart and the emotions of God. Um, it is not, again, it is not an unreasonable thing for Jesus to call us to the first commandment because this is the great way that He loves us. And it's a beautiful thing to realize that an unsearchable God, glorious in splendor, loves us with jealous, unquenchable love. So, John the Baptist declares to us that Jesus will baptize us in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, the King of Kings, des- desires to baptize us, His bride, with his, very o- with his very own Spirit, with God Himself. He desires to baptize us. And that is good news. We heard it today with Paul saying it in Matthew 3. Luke also declares it in Luke 3. And let me just, dec- just unpack this too. The Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, had three entirely different audiences. Matthew was clearly designed to go to the Jews, the way that Matthew unpacked it, never used the word kingdom of God, he used kingdom of heaven. He unlined the genealogy of Jesus, which would have been very important to the Jewish community. And um, he also prophesied from the Old Testament more than any other writer in the Gospels, making it clear that his gospel was to the Jews. So he showed the Jews that it was vital for Jesus to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. And Luke sent his to the Gentiles, specifically the Greeks. So Mark was to the Romans, um, Luke was to the Greeks. So the fact that Matthew and Luke, who had two entirely different audiences with two entirely different realities and experiences and perceptions, 
thought that it was important that we get baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire makes you know that it's important. I love to study scripture and I love to unpack context because it makes my, you know, always turning mind, you know, get a little bit more clarity. So just a little FYI that it's vital and Luke and Matthew make it clear that we get baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. Just a quick um, declension of nouns with the word baptized. The word baptized comes from the Greek word baptizo, and it simply means to get submerged and immersed. So Jesus wants to immerse us in the Holy Spirit. And that sounds like a good time. I love that idea. Same way that you get immersed and submerged underwater with the baptism of, the, of water, Jesus wants to baptize us entirely and submerse our whole being with the Holy Spirit. So part of that submersion and that immersion in the Holy Spirit includes um, getting and receiving the emotions of God. The baptism of the Spirit comes with a lot of things. There's the gift of the spirits. There's discernment. There's just a ton that goes into it. Tonight we're just going to focus on just one aspect of that, and that is receiving the emotions of God um, as we get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So again, I'm John 16. Jesus says that I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper will not come but if I go I will send him to you there's a lot of reasons why it was to our advantage that Jesus go and be with the Father and he send us the Holy Spirit for one the Holy Spirit is omnipresent Jesus when he became a man was confined to one place like us so he could only chill out with one group of people at a time the Holy Spirit fortunately does not have that, you know, does not have that requirement. He can go in all your bodies all at one time and give you all the same message and light this place on fire through every single person's being. So that was one reason. And then two, you know, we get God to dwell inside of us. First Corinthians three sixteen says, Do you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Now, before I knew that, Christianity was extremely boring. Before I realized that God, the third person of the Trinity, can burn and dwell inside of me and take over my life, Christianity was just another event that I went to during the week. But now Christianity consumes me. The love of Jesus through the anointing of the Holy Spirit just took over my life after I realized the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is something that Jesus wants for every single one of us. So when we invite the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, we receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God, and the Holy Spirit begins to work in us the reality of God's emotions and brings to a heart level the first commandment. As soon as the emotions of God hit a heart level, I I tell you, and all I can give you is my testimony, that it just, just, there's nothing else that matters. As soon as the reality of God's emotions, that Jesus Christ, a real man, a Hebrew man, born of a woman in Nazareth, in Bethlehem, has emotions and he has longings and desires, when that takes over your body, things are never the same. And the Holy Spirit has been called by the Father to do that in us. And so the wisdom of God is foolishness to man, And if we are to have the giver of God's wisdom burning inside of us, that's required for us to walk out a fullness of relationship with Jesus Christ. So as we begin to walk this out and search out God's words with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we all of a sudden, like I said earlier, we get awakened to the divine romance. And personally, one of my favorite books in all the Bible 
is the Song of Songs. For some of you that that may not be something that you're familiar with, I encourage you to search it out all of the days of your life. It will change you forever. When all of a sudden it grips you that Jesus Christ is ravished by my heart with one look of my eye, with one glance of my necklace, Jesus Christ is ravished and conquered by me. That's amazing. I mean, that is intense. And so Jesus, the Holy Spirit longs to unpack this divine romance. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of resources out there for the Song of Songs. Um, I'm a romantic at heart. I want to just put it out there for you, you know, like burly men who love, you know, like war and the life of David. You can't, you can't move outside of the, the two realities, like the bridegroom, judge, and king revelation. They, they go hand in hand. If you don't have the revelation of the bridegroom and all of a sudden Jesus' judgments start going, over, going through in the next you know, X, Y, Z years, you're going to get terrified. But when you realize that it's through love that Jesus does these things and it's because he wants to rescue us as his bride and Jesus is a romantic, all of a sudden you're just wooed and you're undone and you just sit at his feet like Mary of Bethany and, and just anoint him with oil. Amen. So as we search out the beauty of Jesus and his relentless, jealous love towards us, we are dramatically transformed into lovesick worshipers of of the God-man Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit who dwells in us that gives us and reveals to us this reality. Um, Romans um, Romans 5.5 says that because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who he has given to us. So God, again, has given us the Holy Spirit and Paul makes it clear, clear to the Romans that um, it's the Holy Spirit that pours out the love of God into our hearts. So again, that's just we're just unpacking the intensity and the understanding of why we need the Holy Spirit uh, to, to draw us into the emotions of God. So um, last thing here, and then we're just going uh, to ask, ask the Lord to baptize us in the Holy Spirit tonight, and then we're just going to receive... <laughs> The ministry of the Holy Spirit. I couldn't give a message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit without just walking it out. So, come on. So, last last point here. Um, and again, we are just laying the foundations, you know, for this reality just biblically tonight. And then we're just going to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit as, as we conclude the meeting tonight. Um, I just want to highlight again just the one, and this was actually also prayed in the worship time, just the reality of Ephesians 3:16 through 19 that talks about the you know strengthening of power through the Holy Spirit that gives us the revelation of the knowledge of, of the love of God. Um, so again, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So it's true and it's real that there is an experiential realm of God's love that surpasses anything we could ever know in this life. And that is the foolishness of God that it, the foolishness of God that is just un, the wisdom of God that is foolishness to man. The fact that people can look into your eyes and say there's something different about you. You are different than everybody else I see. And we see that in Song of Songs 5. And I'll just go through this shortly here. Um, again, I encourage you to search this book out your, your own way. But the first four chapters of Song of Songs, the Bride of Christ is just getting the revelation of Jesus' love for her. Chapter 4, Jesus hits the climax. He says, you've ravished my heart with one look of your eye. So all of a sudden, the Shulamite is just undone. The virgin, 
you know, bride of Christ is totally ravished. She's undone. She's conquered by the love and the beauty of Jesus. And she goes out into the streets looking for him. She can't find him in her, in his, in her room. She's been seeking Jesus day and night. She's like, I've had enough of not finding you. I'm going out and I'll do whatever it takes to find you. So she goes out into the, uh, it calls the daughters of Jerusalem. The daughters of Jerusalem just represent, you know, um, the, it just represents a state of Christianity that is lacking the beauty of Jesus. So she's going out to the, to the ones who lack the beauty of Jesus. And she says, she says to them, um, here we go. I rose to open for my beloved and blah, 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 blah. My heart leaped when I, I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave to me no answer. So she went, so she goes out to the daughters of Jerusalem. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, tell, that, tell him that I am lovesick for him. So she just says, tell him I'm lovesick. If you find him, tell him I'm sick with love. So all of a sudden the daughters of Jerusalem say to her, like, who are you and what are you that you should charge us with this, like, in this heinous order? O fairest among women, what is your beloved more than another beloved that you should so charge us? And in some translations, they say, woman of rare beauty. It is rare, my beloved, to have a lovesick desire for Jesus Christ. It is a rare thing in this life, and that's why Jesus, like Clint said earlier, longs for those who love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, because it is a rare thing. It is not something that is common in this life, and Jesus is desperate to look upon those who are dear and just fully immersed and baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. So after that, after that charge, when the daughters of Jerusalem, the um, Shulamite woman goes on in the next like eight verses to just unpack the greatest revelation of Jesus Christ I've ever found in the entire Bible. It is the most dense, comprehensive understanding of who Jesus Christ is in his beauty that I personally have ever found all throughout the scriptures. So I encourage you, search that book out. So again, there's a love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And there's a revelation of who he is that um, just takes over our lives. And it says in um, Ephesians 3.16 that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So, as a um, final couple points here, it just the glory of God's kingdom is the person of Jesus Christ himself. And that's why we're going to go into the next six weeks, starting next week with Clint, on um, the divinity of Christ. We're going into this reality because we want to search this man out. We want to seek this beautiful person. So the glory of God's kingdom. Jesus is God. The glory of God's kingdom is Jesus. Jesus is going to come as the King of Kings, put his precious feet on this earth forever, the Mount of Olives, and usher in his bride, slay the nations, and whoo, sit on a sit on the throne. And this increase of his government shall know no end. It's just increase. Come on, Jesus. Increase your government in this room, Jesus. <sighs> So the knowledge of his emotional makeup, of Jesus' emotional makeup, is vital to a strong foundation of grace. Again, this just goes back to the reality. Without the emotions of Jesus and the knowledge of his heart for us and the knowledge of simply who he is, 
Um, the Christian life is just way too difficult. It's a, it's a life of death. It's a life of surrender. And there is a cost. But it's just night and day when all of a sudden you get the emotions of Jesus and the anointing of the Holy Spirit because then it's easy. And it says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And those who come to me, all you who are heavy laden, come to me and find rest. It is just night and day. So I'm telling if there are some of you in tonight, here tonight who are struggling to walk this out and you're struggling with addictions or mind confusions, there's going to be breakthrough for you tonight. The Holy Spirit is going to, is longing to come into your heart if you let Him and just set you free and make it easy for you. And that's what Jesus wants for His bride. He doesn't want to make it, I don't want to make things hard on my wife. When she comes to me with questions, I don't like to just make it hard and just make her fight to get my attention. It's just like Jesus says in Luke 11, that you being evil know how to give good gifts. How much more will the Holy, will your Father in heaven give to you the Holy Spirit when you ask Him? So it's contingent on you asking. So we're, we're going to go through that in a couple minutes here. So just rounding up this point, the glory of the gospel flourishes with the understanding of the extravagant passions of God's personality. So it is not enough to know what He has done for us on the cross nor is it enough to know what He will do in the coming revival or even eternity. The Holy Spirit wants us to know how He feels and what He desires deep within His heart. So that's what we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to do tonight. Just give us the deep desires of Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to put on some, we're just going to put on some background music, just a little instrumental music. And we'll just hit the lights and LT, if you guys get words as we're going through this and you feel any uh, anointing just you know as you always just have the liberty to come up and just we're just going to walk this out but how many in here have not been baptized in the holy spirit anybody tonight if there's nobody then that's good but if there's not we're going to do it all right well there's no hands that makes us that makes that part easy um next part paul says in ephesians 5 that it's important that we just continually get filled with the holy spirit it says do not get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. And tonight we're asking for the filling. Of, you, please, I want to encourage you, don't try to make anything happen right now. We all love the Holy Spirit here. This is something that's rather um, consistent for us as a Communitas family, that we're always asking for the Holy Spirit. So don't try to make anything happen. Just let it be natural. The Holy Spirit doesn't need ours to make Him, to, uh, doesn't need our help. Doesn't need our help. We're just like Paul said. We're just kids. We're just asking Him to come. And He feels fine. So no matter what we do, the Holy Spirit feels fine. He's completely at peace. And He's always peaceful. So we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us with the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the emotions of it. And specifically, I just want the love of the Lord just to wash over this place tonight. So we're just going to have some time where we just let the Holy Spirit come. And then we're going to move into... um. Just a point and uh, just a point of laying things down. So that's where we're going to start to go with this. We're just going to ask the Holy Spirit as He comes and fills us with the knowledge of Jesus Christ to give us grace to lay anything down that we may be um, holding on to too tightly that is hindering us from walking, as Ephesians 3.19 says, in the fullness of God. Because it says where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. So Eric, go ahead and put on the music. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit come and just fill and flood this place. So Holy Spirit, we love you tonight. We just declare that you are God in this room. And as you declared 
in your gospel, as John the Baptist said, Jesus, that there is one coming who is greater than I, whose sandals I am unfit to untie, for he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now to just flood this place with your presence. Come with your fire, Holy Spirit. Come and flood the minds of this place. We just break down all the mind confusion. Just all the hindrances to the, just the increase of your government, God. We just ask you to come and do that. Just have mercy on us tonight, Jesus. I just want to encourage you, just even in your own words, it's important that you in your own words just ask him. I can ask him for you, but if you ask him on your own behalf, it's just, it, it does way more for your own being. So in your own words, in your own voice, just ask the Holy Spirit to come and baptize you and fill you with his presence. God, just for an increase of the knowledge of your love, Jesus. God, we ask you for the emotions of Jesus Christ, what he feels towards you as an individual. I'm just reminded of Mark 1.12. Before Jesus did one work, one miracle, before Jesus did one act of obedience, in public ministry that is, before Jesus healed one person, delivered one demon, the Father split the skies and He just poured out His audible voice to everyone who was surrounding Jesus. And He says, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. I just want to declare to you tonight, you don't have to do anything to receive the just affections of your Father. You don't have to earn one thing. What did we ever do to earn this love? So God, I just ask you right now to just give us the revelation of the Father's love tonight, Jesus where there's father wounds, where there's mother wounds, where there's relational wounds, God. We just ask you just to come take authority over those things through your love, Jesus. If that's you tonight, if you're struggling with some of those relational father, mother, relational wounds, just ask the Lord just to give you grace to just forgive those people. I want to just encourage you, the exchange rate tonight is rich. There's grace tonight. There's a rich amount of grace. It says in Ephesians 2 that He being rich in mercy seated us with Christ in heavenly places and by grace we have been saved. If you're struggling with that tonight, if that's where you're struggling, just let it go. So we just say, come again, Holy Spirit, and just flood those places. Flood those places where there's just relational baggage, God. And let the heart... the love of the Father's heart just come and fill us tonight, Jesus.
just reminded of, again, Romans 5, where Jesus says that you are at peace with me tonight because of my blood. I just want to speak peace over your hearts. For some of you, I just sense that it struggles for you to find sleep at night. Is there anyone in here who just struggles with nightmares? You just struggle to find sleep. Yeah, there's a couple there. One, two, three here. Just, yeah, four over there. I just, I just feel like the Lord just wants to just restore the sleep. It says in Psalm 127 that the Lord gives sleep to His beloved. So Jesus, we just ask You right now to just bring into the light those things that are just tormenting us at night, Jesus. The things that are keeping us awake. The wicked torments of our past, Jesus. We just ask You that Your Holy Spirit and fire would come and baptize those places of our hearts tonight, God. We just ask You to fill us, Jesus. Have mercy on us tonight, God. We just ask You, Jesus, for the understanding that you are that we are Your beloved. I just want to come against the spirit of self-hatred. Psalm 127.4 says that if the Lord gives sleep to those He loves, if you struggle with the revelation that God loves you, and you're in agreement with self-hatred, you're going to dramatically struggle to find sleep and rest for your soul. But Jesus says in Romans 5, or Paul says to the Romans in Romans 5, that you have peace with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can be assured that you have peace with Jesus Christ because of His great sacrifice. We didn't have to do anything to deserve it. By grace, we were saved. So Jesus, we just ask You, God, right now to just overcome and we just break agreement with the lies that say that we are not Your beloved children, Jesus. If You've made agreement with any lies in this room that says I'm unlovable, or I'm unfit for a king, or I'm unfit to experience the love of Jesus. I just want you to break those agreements with that enemy. Try to think back when that time came. What it was said to you, what lie. Maybe it was a lie from a friend, a father. Maybe it was sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. Any of these things can cripple us from experiencing the love of Jesus Christ. I just want you to break agreement and just speak forgiveness to those people who have just fed you those lies and just let the love of Jesus just flood your soul. So come, Holy Spirit, just continue to do your work, God, even now. Even now, Jesus, just raise up a groan in our hearts, God. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just break our agreements with the lies, God, that say we're unfit, we're unlovable, that say we're not worthy to feel your love, Jesus. We break our agreement with that tonight. We break off shame. I break off guilt. I break off condemnation. For there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For what can separate us from the love of God? Neither depth, nor height, nor angel, nor power, nor anything present or in the future. Anything created or uncreated can separate us from the love of God. Just let that flood over your hearts tonight. Come, Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus, even now, come. sense I want to say something about this is a really good word Paul by the way that the baptism of the Holy Spirit can be a, a topic of controversy at times and we're just we just want you to know that if if you're a believer in Jesus you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and basically all we're what we're talking about when we talk about the baptism because you know this is a kind of a hot topic in the body of Christ we're asking for that what Paul shared in Ephesians 5 we're asking for just another encounter with God we're just asking for him to refresh us and encourage us 
And um, I think it'd be good for us to, to break up into groups and ask. Some of you, you know, have probably been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're asking for um, a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. Those come, as well as the fruit of the Spirit. And um, we believe that this is a subsequent act of salvation. In other words, we're saved, we receive the Holy Spirit, but then there's another encounter, and it's continual. And um, that's the good news. In the Scriptures, when it talks about the baptism of the Spirit, it talks about two primary things. It talks about fire, and it talks about power. The empowered Christian life cannot happen apart from the Holy Spirit. And so the empowered Christian life is one that is saturated and baptized and full of the Spirit of God. And so um, if you have... Let's, what we want to do is we want to break up into groups of two and three, guys and guys and girls with girls. And we want to pray that God would continue to baptize us, continue to immerse us, continue to overwhelm us uh, with the Spirit of God. And even as Paul hit on some topics that, you know, there's no shame with whatever you're struggling with tonight. We want to be a family where we can come and receive ministry and allow the Lord to, to move in our hearts. I want to make one more quick point. I felt the, I felt the Holy Spirit highlight um, for those of you that maybe were like, whoa, what's going on with Song of Solomon? I just want to tell you, first of all, that we believe that book is is first and foremost about marital love, but that there is a correlation um, to the heart of the bridegroom, which is a paradigm of God's heart all throughout the New Testament. And Jesus said in John 5, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have life, but they testify to me. And all the scriptures, he's talking about the Old Testament testifies to Jesus. So when we look back into the Song of Solomon, there is an allegorical picture of Jesus and his bride. Um, so if you maybe, if that was new to you, um, we just want to encourage you that there's both the literal interpreta- interpretation as well as the symbolic. So let's right now grab two or three people around you um, and let's just begin to pray for each other for an increase of the Holy Spirit's presence, his power, his fire, his love to just be manifest in us. And if you have specific prayer needs and you'd like to come to the front, uh, those with uh, name tags on would love to pray for you as well if you have healing or deliverance or anything you need prayer for. And then in a few minutes, those of you that are new can go upstairs. So, yeah, more Jesus.